Welcome everybody. Today, sexual healing. Ruth chapter three, really important chapter. Marvin Gaye. He sung sexual healing. Did you know that Marvin Gaye was born right here in Washington, D.C.? Did you know his father was a preacher? Did you know he won his first Grammy for sexual healing? And did you also know that a year after winning this Grammy, the Prince of Motown, as he was called, was at the lowest point of his life. He was in horrible condition, financially, physically, psychologically. He was depressed. He was suicidal. He moved in with his parents. His father, who was a preacher, he believed in discipline and he disciplined his children mercilessly, terribly. Listen, discipline's a great thing. But too much of even a good thing can become a horrible thing. Like, I like Krispy Kreme donuts. I love Krispy Kreme donuts. One donut's good. Two donuts are good. But a dozen donuts, that's horrible. His father mercilessly disciplined his kids. He hurt them terribly. Now, this man was also a hard drinker and had countless affairs. And now Marvin Gaye, at the age of 45, moves in with his parents after winning this Grammy a year earlier. They get in a fight one day, Marvin with his dad. And his father ends up shooting him three times in the chest. Now, his brother Frankie, who lived next door, ran over and Marvin is dying in his arms. And this is what Frankie says are Marvin's last words. He says, I got what I wanted. I couldn't do it myself, so I made him do it. So much pain. What a terrible ending for somebody who is so talented for their life. We've reached the turning point in this whole series on Hesed. We've reached the turning point. We've reached the turning point in Ruth. Ruth chapter 3, it bothers many people, but here in Ruth 3 is where all the mess becomes a miracle. The turning point is the healing point. Let's read what it says. Then Naomi, her mother-in-law, said to her, My daughter, should I not seek rest for you, that it may go well with you? Is not Boaz our relative, with whose young women you were? See, he is winnowing barley tonight at the threshing floor. Wash, therefore, and anoint yourself. Put on your cloak and go down to the threshing floor. But do not make yourself known to the man until he has finished eating and drinking. But when he lies down, observe the place where he lies. Then go and uncover his feet and lie down, and he will tell you what to do. And she replied, all that you say I will do. So she went down to the threshing floor and did just as her mother-in-law had commanded her. And when Boaz had eaten and drunk and his heart was merry, he went to lie down at the end of the heap of grain. Then she came softly and uncovered his feet and lay down. At midnight, the man was startled and turned over. And behold, a woman lay at his feet. He said, who are you? She answered, I am Ruth, your servant. Spread your wings over your servant, for you are a redeemer. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, just ask God that you would enlighten us to the great truths that are found here in this chapter, that God, our lives might be transformed and we might find the healing of Hesed in Christ's name. Amen.
Okay, there are so many things in this passage of Scripture, but I'm going to try to restrain myself and do my best to just focus on nine things. But if if you want to know more, my email address is on the screen, and maybe I'll send you out some of the other things that I see that are here that are just really cool, but maybe they don't specifically deal with the sexual healing aspect of what we are focused on today. Like This is the turning point. There is a desperation that is here because of the end of the harvest season. So that's what is just kind of hanging over the top of this. Now, here are the nine things. Number one, Naomi is recreating the scene of Lot and his daughters in the incest that took place from Genesis chapter 19. They get their father drunk, the oldest daughter goes in the first night, has sex, gets pregnant, and then it says Lot doesn't know when she lays down or when she gets up. And then the exact same thing happens the very next night with the younger daughters. Naomi is totally recreating that scene, telling Ruth to go in and seduce Boaz, basically saying, go in and do what Moabites do best. And in some ways, it really feels like Naomi here, out of the desperation, is pushing Ruth backwards towards a very pain-filled Moabite past. There's the first thing. Here's the second thing. Do not make yourself known to the man. That is what Naomi tells her. Do not make yourself known to the man. Ruth is becoming an object here, an anonymous object, an object for sexual pleasure for this man, Boaz. Number three. Uncover his feet and lie down. Uncover his feet is a euphemism for uncovering another part of the male body. She tells her to uncover Boaz's feet and to lie down. All of these words in the Hebrew are dripping with sexual overtones so that there is no doubt what Naomi is telling Ruth to go do. It is so clear here. Number four. He will tell you what to do. Now, I'm going to come back to this one, but I just wanted to bring it up here because you need to pay close attention to that. Naomi says to Ruth, after all of that, uncover his feet, lie down, sexual overtones. Now he's going to tell you what to do. Fifth, verse number eight. It's Ruth and Boaz, but in verse number eight, all of a sudden their names are dropped off. There are no names. They become anonymous people about ready to have anonymous sex. And I think that is really important to note here because that's exactly what happens in the two famous scenes from Genesis 19, Lot and his daughters in the cave when he's drunk and he doesn't know when they lie down or get up, anonymous sex. And the other scene from Genesis 38 with Judah and his daughter-in-law, Tamar, where she's behind a veil and he doesn't know who she is, anonymous sex. It's a recreation of these famous scenes that we have talked about before. But there's no such thing as anonymous sex. Sex is powerful. God says sex can be either constructive or destructive. Sex can take you to the moon out of joy and excitement, or it can land you in therapy for the rest of your life. Number six. Verse number nine is the turning point, and the turning point is the healing point. Hesed seeks truth. Hesed never settles. 
Ignorance is not bliss. It seeks the truth. And that's exactly what Boaz does. And here is where we go from a total mess, which we've been talking about, to a miracle. It is wonderful. I want to read you verse number nine. It says this. He said, speaking of Boaz, who are you? And she answered, I am Ruth, your servant. Spread your wings over your servant, for you are a redeemer. Ignorance is not bliss. It is very, very dangerous. As I said a moment ago, Lot, we're told twice, older daughter goes in, has incest, becomes impregnated. Lot doesn't know when she lays down or gets up. The very next night, younger daughter goes in. He's drunk again. She gets pregnant. He doesn't know when she lays down or gets up. Really? Well, first of all, we know in the Hebrew, there's a dot there above it. There's some dots there above it. It's like, oh, I'm not really sure. But he doesn't know twice. You know, in the Bible, a lack of knowledge is a moral problem. So does he really not know? Or is it that he doesn't want to know? Would he prefer not to know? You know, we can't settle for not Knowing. And then the scene with Judah and Tamar. She's wearing a veil. She's a prostitute. She's wearing a veil. Propositions him, right? And very crude language. You know, he responds to her and back and forth. But did you know that prostitutes, it was illegal to wear veils. You weren't supposed to. A veil is a, is a signal of modesty. Prostitutes didn't wear veils. Why didn't Judah simply ask? Who are you? So Lot, did he really not know or did he not want to know? Judah, could he have just asked? Could he have sought the truth? He doesn't. But what does Boaz do? Where does healing begin? Listen, addictions are rooted in lies. They're rooted in ignorance. They're rooted in not knowing. We're in a cycle of terrible abuse, of hurt, of pain, of sexual problems, which we've been talking about. Where is freedom going to come from? It's going to come from truth. And Boaz, a man of Hesed, says, I will not settle for not knowing. And so he asked that question. And that is where the healing begins. It begins with wanting to know. That's why the Bible encourages us to be seekers of truth. No matter where that truth is coming from. No matter how painful that truth might be. No matter how limiting maybe finding out that truth will be. We must seek truth. And can't just continue on. In ignorance like Lot or like Judah, we have to seek the truth. And it is here where Ruth goes from being an object for Boaz's pleasure to being a subject where she gets a name. I am Ruth, she says. Point number seven, ignorance is the path to pain. It is destructive. And we need to steer clear from that path. The eighth thing, he will tell you what to do. Now, I brought this up before. He will tell you what to do. That doesn't happen. Because Naomi says to Ruth, he is going to tell you what to do. But right here, we see that Ruth doesn't settle. She tells him what to do. Look, Boaz is a good man sitting on his hands. And he is nudged by the person who is famous in the Bible for unwavering hesed. She doesn't wait for Boaz to tell her what to do. She tells him what to do. It is time that you do the Hesed thing. You're a good man, but it's time that you finally get up and you act on the Hesed. He told her in Ruth chapter two, may God bless you. And so what she says to him here in Ruth three is, you bless me. 
Quit waiting for God to bless. It's time for you, Boaz, to get up and do the Hesed thing. You bless me. And she uses the exact same words that he uses in Ruth chapter 2. The ninth and final thing I want you to know is this. Hesed heals. But how? How does Hesed heal? Hesed heals by setting limits and by setting boundaries. Freedom is a wonderful thing. Freedom is as natural, as normal in the United States of America as apple pie is. It's rooted into who we are as Americans. But too much freedom is a bad thing. We need to have limits. We need to have boundaries. Just like a a sports field has boundaries and limits. And if there wasn't, there'd be chaos. When there's not limits on our lives, particularly in the area of sexuality, there will be devastation and destruction. Ruth says to him, no, there's not going to be sex. You were totally expecting sex, but instead of sex, you get something far better. You get Hesed. Hesed sets boundaries. Basically, what Ruth is saying to him, if you want to do the wild thing, then you better get up and do the Hesed thing. You better go to the town gate where all public and legal affairs happen and you better in a respectful way do the legal thing, do the Hesed thing, do the respectable thing to me. Be a man of Hesed. Like Beyonce said, if you want it, you better put a ring on it. And that's exactly what he does. So I want to wrap this up by saying that this whole story of limiting, like the fight between lust and limiting ourselves is rooted all throughout the Bible, right from the opening pages. Think about in the garden and how these ideas are just woven into the problems of humanity. God says, the tree of life is in the center of the garden. And then later on, Eve says to the serpent, the tree of lust is in the center of the garden. What's going on there? From God's perspective, the tree of life, which we're told later is God's word, is in the center of his perspective of the garden of paradise. But from a human perspective, what's in the center? What is in the center is whatever is at the center of our minds. And that's the tree of lust because we always want more. Listen to what Yuval Harari says. A lot of evidence indicates that we are destroying the foundations of human prosperity in an orgy of reckless consumption. It is never enough. He goes on to say in his books, humanity never can have enough. We are told that Eve saw the tree. What does it represent? Unbridled lust. No limits. I'm going to do whatever I want to do with whom I ever want to do. Whatever. I, I can't have limits. She saw the tree and she took the fruit of the tree and then she gave to Adam. We're also told that Sarah saw Hagar in lust and gave to Abraham, her husband, so Abraham can have sex with her. We're told that Judah saw Tamar in unbridled lust. We're told that David saw Bathsheba and sends for her, kills her husband and has sex with her. You have to have limits. Hesed heals. When we say, you know what? I got to have boundaries. I got to have limits. There's got to be points where I've got to cut things off. I can't be anybody I want to be. I can't have sex with anybody I want to have sex with because that is where the healing, the healing begins. Now, a couple final points here. This is really important. As I said a minute ago, these things are built straight into the scriptures. Sabbath. Why do we have the Sabbath? God is creating. He's creating. He's creating. And then God says, I'm going to take a Sabbath. I'm going to take a rest. Does God need to rest? No. What is this pointing to? You have to stop creating. There has to be limits. 
Because if you continuously create, you will destroy. You will destroy whatever. And if you think you can be anything you want and do anything you want and have sex, do take anything on, you're going to destroy yourself. You know what cancer is? Cancer are cells in a person's body that have become defective. And all they do is create and create and create and create. Healthy cells, they get a signal and they create and they get a signal and they stop creating just like God. Cancerous cells never stop creating. They just keep, they're without limits. They just go and go and go. Is saying, you have to limit yourself. Boaz says, I am willing to be limited. I am willing to set boundaries. I am willing to say no. And that is where the healing begins. This is what God wants for us. God wants to heal you. God wants sex to be an awesome thing for you. But sex can destroy and it can land us in therapy for the rest of our lives. Will you take the Hesed path of limitation so that God can bring healing and hope to your life and all those around you. God wants to bring healing to each and every one of us. Dr. King says this, 10,000 fools proclaim themselves into obscurity while one wise man forgets himself into immortality. To forget yourself, you will have to Limit yourself. Hesed heals. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for your word. Thank you, God, um, this truth of Hesed and how it can bring healing into all of our lives if we will just follow your Hesed path. In Christ's name, amen. I want to take a moment at the end of this message to speak to those who have experienced sexual assault in some fashion and there has been far too much of it in this world. We have been studying the book of Ruth, these background stories of Lot and his daughters in Judah and his daughter-in-law and all of the mess that's associated with that. Associated with sex gone wrong, basically, that brings so much hurt and pain. Everyone, God is the God of Hesed, which means God is the God of healing. God wants to heal you. We want to celebrate your healing with you. We stand with you in your journey. If you're looking for an option, for healing, we partner with Safe Harbor Christian Counseling. The information's on the screen. We encourage you to reach out to them. Reach out to us if we could be of any help. But whatever you do, don't settle because there's more for you. There is more for you. God bless. Have a great week. <music>